Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Bahraman Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Lashkari, and I am joined here today with Muhammad. Today, we will be discussing the future of Asia and how things will be. Uh, Muhammad, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. We've been able to watch, uh, at least now while we're recording, the second game is still ongoing, but it's obvious that the Koreans are not going to be able to change that position and they're going to lose. So today, incidentally to our episode, both Asian teams have been eliminated from the FIFA World Cup. But still, in spite of that, I would say they have gotten a respectable position, especially, I would say, Korea, who I think won by fair play. So from that point of view, they should be happy about the fact that they at least went to the next round, which is, has been challenging for all the Europe, all the tour teams, I would say. But uh, Kevin, I wanted to ask you a little bit, uh, since we, our topic is about Asia, how would you evaluate uh, the AFC teams, all of them generally? So as, as Iran, we are ranked... <laughs> We are, we are ranked 20th in the world, and we're the top team in all of Asia. And I think second is Japan coming in at 24th, and third would be South Korea. And it's funny because as the top team in Asia, we did we had one of the worst performances out of all the Asian teams that went to this World Cup. Personally, Mohamed, don't you agree with me that Japan did have the, if, if not the best, um, the best, tournament so far out of an Asian team. Don't you agree? Uh, yes, even from a purely game point of view. Uh, since this match, Japan versus Croatia, ended with a penalty, you know, penalties are officially considered tie. Even if you lose, if you get eliminated, it is still considered a tie. So based on that, the fact that they won two of the games against Germany as well as against Costa Rica, uh, sorry, yeah. against Japan, uh, sorry, against Spain, Spain, yeah. Technically speaking, one loss, uh, two wins, one tie. That's a good that's result. Impressive. That's impressive. I, I truly think that's impressive. Coming, beating powerhouses of Europe, Germany and Spain. That's Germany where many people said that Germany would go far and same with Spain. And an underdog like Japan coming in really shows how good of a team that Japan really is. And I think that they played phenomenal, and I feel like they should have won against this this Croatian side today. Yeah, I think that their their tactics were really great. Uh, first of all, they scored a really beautiful goal. Uh, I think that uh, that certainly had a really big impact on the match. But then, you know, Croatia is not a bad team. They have players who can individually change the outcome of a performance of a match. Right. And, Perisic is one of those players who, in spite of the fact that his old age, is one of those players who can significantly alter the change, uh, the match. And he did. He scored. And I think that I was guessing the way it was going, the Japanese were not uncomfortable with the notion of having a penalties. And I assume that they practiced it at least because I think most teams, at least to a certain extent, practice penalties. And these are not players who are playing in amateur leagues. They're all playing in professional teams. And I think eventually they had players doing penalties. And these penalties were terrible. Like, they, uh, yeah. Like, you don't make such kind of things. First and, of all, you don't position yourself in a way where you shoot, obviously, in a certain position. Yeah. And Japan kept going to the <laughs> same side and the goalkeeper kept diving. The Croatian goalkeeper, I think his name is Lee Livakovic. I'm sorry if I... 
didn't say that correctly, but I feel like he played a great game. Also, Levakovic, he Japan kept going. I think it was to the it was to the right side of the goal, and he kept diving and kept saving it. And this is it's not a bad creation side, like you correctly stated. This is a this is a final this is a final team in 2018. They went all the way to the final against Brazil, and they did they did have two goals in. And yeah, as of right now, South Korea they are they are currently losing to Brazil four 0 and that's I feel like that's it for South Korea. But also, South Korea did have a phenomenal tournament, beating Portugal, and they did play a a amazing game against Uruguay, a team that Iran in fact did beat, and they had a quite quite a poor game against Ghana. <laughs> yeah, I think that their tie against Uruguay ended up making the difference in the end. You could say. Because the Portugal game, certainly they did win, but I would say they were a bit lucky in that case. But since they already tied against... So had they not tied against Uruguay and had they lost that match, I think the Portugal game would have not made a difference. They would be in a similar position like Cameroon, basically. You understand? They would not be able to do it based on their own merits. So the fact that they were able to get that tie in the end made a huge difference. And that led to South Korea to go out. yeah, you're correct. And now that we covered these two um, um, Asian teams, South Korea and Japan, we also did have Australia. Australia played second in the group, coming with France, Tunisia, and Denmark. Many people thought that France and Denmark would qualify. But funny enough, Denmark placed last in the group, which surprised me. And I'm, it could have surprised you too, because I wouldn't think that this Australian side, I honestly thought Australia would have came in last, but they, they proved me and many others wrong because they they beat Denmark and they beat Tunisia and don't get me wrong Tunisia are a wonderful side that they did beat us in um in the in the friendlies uh before the world cup but I didn't know what the lineups were and how the coaches were running this game so it could have it could have not been a real win because it might have been in a different system where everyone was just trying out like players and everything but they also beat Denmark and this Denmark team is a phenomenal team that many people thought, oh, they're going to go to round of 16s, quarterfinals. That that truly surprised me. Definitely. And for me as well, I mean, um, personally looking at the Australian team, I think not a lot of people expected it, especially considering they were not really impressive in the qualifiers. They became third. They were only able to go to the World Cup because of the playoffs they had against Peru. So a lot of people, because if you look at the parallels, like I think that a successful Australian team, we always look at 2006, you know, where they had real star players like um, Cahill and Kuhl. They played a a significant performance there. And Viduka and those players really improved and made sure that they go to the quarterfinals. But this team, I don't know. I think that it's a combination of Australia playing good football. I'm not going to dismiss that. I think they did really well. And I also think there was this certain, I don't know, how can I say, uh, the Danish did not really have an energy behind it. I don't know if it was done on purpose or not on purpose, because I know that Denmark was not really enthusiastic about this World Cup, if that maybe gave them less of an incentive. Because Denmark is a really strong team, and they did really well in the qualifiers. I remember I watched them. They became first in the group. They dominated. They even, I think it was the conference, sorry, the Nations League, they were able to do really well against France. 
And when I saw their performance against France in this World Cup, it was like it was a different Danish team. And I realized that this is not the Denmark that was uh, in the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, I don't know why. <clears throat> I think there's a general trend of many European teams not doing well, but we're not going to talk about this. <laughs> it will be a ch- different uh, episode, I would say. But generally speaking, <laughs> Australia, impressive. And to be honest, no one expected them. Everyone expected them to be fourth. Yeah. And of course, and Saudi Arabia, to be honest, in spite of the fact of having lost two of their games afterwards against Mexico and Poland, the fact that they won Argentina, that was that, impressive too. That that was impressive, but I feel like two of their goals, like, they were phenomenal goals. But I kind of thought they were, they were a little lucky because they couldn't produce any more goals against Poland, who are a much weaker side than Argentina are, and they only produced one late goal against Mexico. So I feel like, yes, phenomenal goals, but they, they were a tad bit lucky. And now they're talking about Saudi Arabia. They placed... I think they placed. What did they place in the group last? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they could. They could have placed last in the group. Uh, I think you could be right. Let me just check it out. On yeah. So until you find that out, this Saudi Arabian. Yeah, they placed last, but it was uh, Argentina, Poland, Mexico. Because yeah, those two qualify Argentina and Poland. This Saudi Arabian side, they they are a weak side. Many people are, are kind of overhyping them after their one win against Argentina. They, but they do have a phenomenal coach. They have a great coach that's leading them, that led them to a great victory against Argentina. But they, they just they got weaker after, after playing Argentina. And it showed against Poland and Mexico because both until – they were both 2-0 games until Saudi Arabia scored that late goal. And that's something. Mohamed – after this whole entire tournament, I know we're missing. We really didn't talk about Qatar yet, but who do you think produced the best results and, as of right now, is the best team in Asia? Well, I think it's obvious to say Japan, I would say, is first. <laughs> I would say Australia second, based on the fact that I think Australia also... It was not... Okay, they didn't lose very close, but they still did well in, in context to their match performance, like South Korea. So I would put Australia as second. Mm-hmm. And then I would put South Korea as third. And this is the interesting thing. Should we, Iran, Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I can say I can say both of them equal. Uh, equal? Maybe, yeah, because at least... Uh, I, yeah, yeah, maybe I would put... I don't know, it's difficult. I, maybe I'm biased. That's why I can't show it. Yeah, I'm biased too. Yeah, I would put, you're right, Japan first. uh, I would put South Korea over Australia. And then I put Australia third. I would put Iran fourth. uh, Saudi Arabia fifth. And uh, they went 0-3. So I would put them at last. (laughs) Because I don't know. I, I do think Iran is still a very strong side. Although we didn't have the greatest tournament that we wanted. I still think that we are a great team that we even showed in our qualifiers. We tied against Senegal, a team who are, um, who did lose last night in the, um, in the round of 16s. And we beat a Uruguay who many did think would do good, but they got out um, in the group stages. I, I still think 
we are a very strong team that can get good results. It's just at times we could be a little inconsistent because I think against USA, we, we could have won. We really could have. And I'm not sure why Carlos Queiroz decides to go defensive and plays for a tie against a USA side that's, that wants, is hungry for a goal. That, that is one thing that really confused me. And do you I, think I, that? Um, uh, do you think that Japan would have won against the U.S. or Korea? I'm curious. What do you think about that? So, like if, J- wait. So Japan against U.S. <laughs> yeah, if Japan or Korea, if they had faced off against the U.S. in such circumstances where they would tie or win, you know, like the same situation. So Japan, Japan did beat the U.S. a few months ago, and I think it was friendlies. They beat them two 0 So that that would be a no brainer because even J- Japan. They showed the world what they could do this tournament, even though they did get out on penalties. They, like I just said, a, a team that went to the finals in 2018, Croatia, they battled it out. They beat Germany, who won in 2014, Spain, 2010 winners, two very, very strong sides with amazing players. So I feel like Japan would, it would be a comfortable win. South Korea, I, I still think South Korea, because. Iran, I'm telling you, Iran could have won. It's just teams like South Korea and Japan, they attack. They're hungry for goals. Their coaches allow them to attack. Our coach is does not want us to attack, and I'm not sure why because we have amazing talent. But, yeah, Mohammed, what do you think? Do you think that – same question to you. Do you think that they, they could beat the USA side, these teams? Um, I would mention one thing about friendlies. Friendlies can sometimes uh, don't determine anything, but – in spite of that, I think you're right. Japan would have won that game. <clears throat> I think that Japan uh, would have certainly kept the uh, goal zero for, so they would not concede a goal, uh, especially the US. I think they would have been able to easily defend. defend. And I think that it wouldn't have ended like 2-0, 3-0. I think it would have ended 1-0, where they would have scored one goal maybe in the 70th minute, and then they would have won the match. I think that's how I would imagine it happening. Korea, I think, would have a bit more difficulty, but I think they could have won as well. Maybe it could even end like the Ghana game, you know, where, you know, it could be 3-2 or something like that. But actually, I could imagine them winning. And for me personally, as you mentioned correctly, I think we've we've talked about this many times. I think that the World Cup, uh, Iran has, is very conservative and defensive and that's a very typical K-Rosh approach towards it. And look, I understand when you play against a team like Argentina, like in 2014, and with the players we had back then, it's plausible that you have to defend. You can't really attack against Argentina, you know? They're a very strong team. But when you play against teams that are more or less, you could say, I would say equal, you know, uh, you could at least try to attack more in the beginning, you know? And I think that would have certainly made a significant difference. And if they had scored, you know, if Iran had scored, Instead, I think that um, they could at least go defense that moment. What do you think? If Iran had scored a goal, they would have been able to defend better. The Americans would be more scared. They would attack, and then they would make more mistakes. And then you can maybe even score a two-goal, you know, 2-0. So I think that would have been a much better approach. And I think that's why I hope that Iran maybe learns from uh, the tactics of Japan. And, you know, you can have a good defense, but you can also attack, counterattack. And maybe this is going to be an interesting opportunity for them. Uh, interesting, we, we've not talked so much about Qatar, but technically speaking, Qatar is the Asian champions. 
Yes, according to the World Bank list, <laughs> Iran is the highest. But here's the interesting thing. Why is it that Qatar was able to win? I mean, they won against both Korea and Japan yeah. to become Asian champions. Qatar did play a good job. They played, they played a lot of great games in, in the Asian <clears throat> champions. And that's, that's why. In the Asian Cup, that's why they played so good. And that's why they won. They, they had a strong team. And many of the players, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the players that played in the Asian Cup, are, they're on the team right now, correct? Yeah, it's basically the same, more yeah. or less the same team as yeah. as the same coach. But many of these teams, Senegal, they played against Senegal, and they played against Netherlands and Ecuador. Two complete, I would say, different teams that are more advanced than um, Japan and South Korea. Correct? Do you think the Netherlands and uh, not so Ecuador, but do you think Netherlands and who was other one? Um, Netherlands and Ecuador uh, and Qatar and Senegal, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Senegal, it's African champions. And I think, do you think African Africa is, is a little bit more competition, a little more competition than, than Asia? <clears throat> I think so. I mean, the fact that Algeria as well as yeah. Egypt so, are not playing, yeah, so that says those, a lot. Yeah, defending African champions, so... Yeah, they they did kind of play a good, great game. Is three one against um, against Ecuador and Netherlands. Netherlands, they they are my favorites to win this World Cup. So it it was a no brainer that Netherlands were gonna get a comfortable win there. And I would say Ecuador is not a bad team either, considering the fact that they did qualify without oh. going to the playoffs. So yeah, they, they did amazing. They did amazing in South American qualifications. And interesting fact, I I'm looking at the Qatar. So you, I don't know if you know this. You probably did. Uh, Qatar played in the Copa America, uh, the last one. Yeah, they did. They were invited. At, and I looked at their statistics. Uh, interesting. So they tied. They only tied against Paraguay, two two. That was their best performance. But they lost against Colombia one zero when they conceded the goal at the eighty sixth minute. So till at the eighty sixth minute, it was zero zero. And Wait, they lost against. Yeah, yeah. Was the Colombian coach Kerosh at the time? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yes, you're correct. It was that, that makes sense then. <laughs> I'm assuming that he put Colombia in the defensive formation where they couldn't attack and their players couldn't be free and just do what they want. So that's that's probably why Colombia got that one late goal. Yeah, I mean, Colombia actually became first, to be fair. Uh, so he wasn't unsuccessful. He, I think, let me see, now that you mentioned how... He so became I, first in that group, and he even won against Argentina, 2-0. Because they, they sacked Kairosh because he failed to qualify, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but the Copa did it well. I mean, they won against Argentina, you know? They did. Uh, no, yeah, you're correct. You're correct. It's 2019, by the way. Uh, so what did happen to Colombia, actually? Let me see. You know, yeah, they lost in penalties against Chile. Like Copa and penalties are like very common, and then Kairos went went to Egypt where, where he lost against Senegal in the final. Yeah, that was also penalties. <laughs> that was really yeah. close. Yeah, again, as mentioned, I think that's you were talking about the fact that I mean, let's be honest. Uh, tell me one team that you would think that would do really great in the World Cup that did not qualify from Asia. From Could Asia. Yeah. Oh, 
you know what? I I don't think that any other teams would do great in Asia other than the only ones that that did go. Because think about it, there aren't that many great teams in Asia except Iran, South Korea, Australia, Japan. Um, yeah, I don't. There's, my my money would be on Iraq at least, but Iraq is also inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Iraq would do so well. Maybe, uh, maybe maybe Oman. I think Oman would Oman. do. Or yeah. Uzbekistan also maybe. Yeah, Oman then, Oman aren't bad because they did play that one game against Germany a little bit a little bit of time ago. Um, I think it was a few a month ago or two months ago they played against Germany and Germany only won one zero so. It wasn't, it wasn't that big of a margin. Yeah, but Germany, we have to do another episode for that because I have a lot to talk about Germany because I think there's a lot of things happening. Like the Germans, ever since they won, they've been going through a downward spiral and there is a lot yeah. to talk about that. Maybe we can one day do an episode on them. Yeah, of course. Well, now that we talked about the current teams and how they play in the World Cup and how they all were in the past, how they are now... Let's let's talk about the future. Maybe who will be the best team in in five years from now? Who will still produce the best results? I do. You th- let's talk about Iran. We'll, we'll go Iran, Japan, South Korea, and then Australia and and many other teams. So Iran, I feel like in five years from now. Ooh, this is tough. Mama, what do you think, Iran? Five years from now. Hmm. <laughs> Who, will well, they be? Will Will they be ranked still number one? I mean, let's be honest. Even after the two thousand six generation, you know, when Ali Taimi, Matadiki, Ali Dai, you know, all those great legends, when they retired, we ended up. Yeah, there was a certain period, at least until two thousand twelve. Yeah, that it, we it, didn't it, have great players, but it. it yes, sorry. It could be rebuild time. I know what you're. I know what you're getting to. It's like it's like the because our golden generation has, has now kind of sailed. Because Tardami, he's obviously in his prime. Osmoon, not so much, but he still has that talent. And we have so many, like, Rezaian, he played a phenomenal World Cup. Hulazadeh, phenomenal. And our two midfielders, Ezatolahi and Nurulahi, maybe if Gudus came in, we, uh, we, we, had, we had amazing talent. So in five years from now, I, I don't know. Iran, I don't think Iran will be number one. Maybe in 10 years from now, when... We kind of had that rebuild. Although, don't get me wrong, we do have amazing talents coming up, like Alahiar. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say um, Vayadi, um, Amir Hossein Hossein Zadeh. He's very good. But what do you think? I think that you're right. I think it depends. You know, football sometimes is also based on chance. You know, certain golden generations go, and then we see a new player. So it all depends on if Iran is able to find good youth players. I think they will be. <clears throat> Also, I hope that we can find players like Kotus. And what I mean with players like Kotus is not specifically how they play, but talented Iranians who are living abroad, who are going on international schools, you know, like Ajax school, Bayern school, English schools, you know. That is what would certainly make a big difference. That's why, for example, Morocco is playing so good. It's because many of their best players, like um, Hakimi, they have went to international youth systems of Europe. And since we, Iran, you know, Iran has a very large diaspora abroad, especially in Europe, especially mm-hmm. in the Netherlands, you know, these countries where they have good football. So my hope is that if we are lucky, we get some of these Iranian players and hopefully the Iranian 
organization is able to offer them a good chance, you know, yeah, that would be one I'm hoping for. And I also hope that the thing is, in one case, we are lucky. And I'll explain to you why. But I mean, in the next five years, we're going to, you know, we're going to have a World Cup. Uh, because of the fact that they're expanding the teams, it's going to become actually in some sense easier to qualify as an Asian team. Uh, it has, uh, what I read is that at least eight teams will be given to Asia. Oh, wow. Which is a big, huge addition. Which means that Iran has to really do bad in the qualifiers to not uh, qualify, basically. But do you, do you think that we'll, we'll be that number one team or you think someone will overtake us? <clears throat> I think I always say step by step. So at the moment, we still have Taremi and Akmun. So my hope is at least Iran will to do well and, you know, win the Asian Cup, you know, something we haven't done since the 70s. And yes, uh, Iran can use that to their benefit, winning the Asian Cup. And then, A, being able to get uh, more players maybe to go to the, uh, Europe with good performance in the Asian Cup. Because I think a lot of scouts are going to be watching the Asian Cup. Yeah. Uh, and they're going to see, and if there's one player, maybe let's say Gaia Deal, apathetic, I'm just saying would do a really great performance. Maybe then, let's say, uh, a German team would buy him then, you know? So <clears throat> that would be something I'm looking forward to. And I hope that if we were to have a player, like, let's say, like a Tarimi type player, that he would be able to go to Europe much faster. Because I think that one of the things that is, I know, yes, Tarimi is doing great now, but had Tarimi gone to Europe earlier, I think maybe he would not be playing in Porto. Maybe he would play in a much better club, you could say. True. Very true. He and started really late, unfortunately. Yeah, he did start very late. And there's many reports that he's he could be moving to Arsenal soon. So maybe we could do some sort of episode on that if he if he ever gets that move to Arsenal. Which that would be that would be a great one. But yeah. you're right, you're right. We have to look at it, take it step by step and look at it in a positive point of view. But I the Asian Cup, after seeing what Japan produced and seeing what South Korea produced, Australia, I it's just it's just difficult, you know. I, I obviously I'll just give do. you I'll just give you some positivity. The Japanese and the South Koreans did really well in the World Cup 2002, and Iran did really well against them. I remember their game uh, against South Korea in 2004. They won against South Korea 3-2. It was a really good performance by Iran. And that's in spite of the fact that Iran didn't qualify and South Korea was, quote-unquote, third place, uh, fourth place in the world. So yeah. anything can happen, you know. These are competitions, you know. Iran can do well against these teams, has a good record against them. But, of course, they shouldn't do what they did the last Asian Cup. We talked about that a bit. Don't complain too much. So too much to a point where they can score against you while you're complaining. <laughs> This is, yeah, this is, how, this is how I take it. I'll, I'll do it step by step also. The way I take it in five years from now, if K Rush, I wouldn't, I don't think we'd stop K Rush five years from now. But if he's still in office, I don't think that we'll be a top team in Asia. That I'll put it as that, that simple. And I know as of right now, how, yes, we do have K Rush and we are a top team. I understand that. But with the results that he, he brought through in the World Cup and Many of the formations and tactics that he decided during this World Cup against USA and England. I mean, I, I get it. Defensive against England makes sense, but defensive against USA, when we have a chance of making the round 16s for the first time in our history, doesn't make sense. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would take say, it. Yeah, continue. Sir. I would take it if Karosh is still in office, then no. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't think it. I don't think that will be the best team in five years, or I don't think that will will win the Asian Cup if Karosh is still in office. Um, I feel like this Iranian team has a lot of talent, and I love this team so much. So it's it's like hard. But if we decide to just go defensive against against all these teams, it, it won't work. It really won't because these teams aren't like Argentina. These teams aren't like England. They're they're not like Uruguay or Portugal. We have to we have to let the players be free and attack. And that's the only way to prove, prove the best results. Goals win win games. And yes, at the same time, we do have to be defensive. But there's a time to be defensive, and there's a time to be attacking. There's not a time to always be defensive. So five years from now, that's that, that's how I put it. We'll, we'll either mm-hmm. be the top with a great coach, or if if hey, if Karush decides to be more more of an attacking coach, be my guest and stay. I I'd love him to stay. You know what I mean? I I'd love him to stay because yeah, we've had great moments with Karush. If he wants to be his defensive coach, that that doesn't want to like prove the players and show how good of a team we are, then I, I want him out. I'm sorry. I want him out. Uh, is he staying? Because there is a lot of uh, this different rumors. I heard it, one that he's left Iran. And... Yeah, it's it's weird. There's there's many reports that he stayed, and there's many reports that he's leaving. So we have to wait for an official response from the federation or something. Yeah, I'm curious who would come after him if if the, what you know there was you know Ralph Rangnick, the trainer from yeah uh, Germany. There were some rumors that he actually there was an idea of him coming to Iran, and I think that would have been perfect. He's a great, uh, he's the basic the maker of the game pressing uh, tactic. That would be and, amazing. And I, I, I don't I, many. I know Skocic got criticized a lot, but he was he was an attacking coach. He wasn't bad at attacking. Yeah, and Iran has had good experience with Croatian coaches. So returning to that well again to maybe get a Croatian coach. Wouldn't be such a bad idea. Not necessarily the previous coaches, but maybe a new Croatian coach would be a not bad idea. And Croatian coaches have good experience with Iranian players, I think I would say at least. That would be an interesting concept. A German coach, like someone like Willy Schaefer, he was already coach of Esterglad. Uh, maybe he would be able to, you know, a player who already lived in Iran, a coach who already lived in Iran, that would have been a possibility. So... I'm curious maybe, what's going to be happening. Maybe we can um, the Estevlog current coach. I think his name is Ricardo Sapinto. Ha! He's all. He's also a very good um, very good coach. Yeah, there was also the who was the Argentinian coach of Perspolis? Uh, what's his name? He was quite. He wasn't bad, I would say. Or was it? I forgot his name already. You know. Yeah. So. The one so, so, I feel like I think the problem yeah, continue, please sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um I feel like yeah, we're we're both we're both spot on. The one thing we need is a coach. We have amazing talent for the next five years. Don't get me wrong. And we have amazing people, but if we have amazing players, but if those players can't be used correctly then it'll it'll happen again, like what happened this World Cup. You know, we'll yeah. we'll get we'll get dominated by US. I was watching the first half of the U.S. It was not looking good. It was not. We were getting dominated. It was pure domination. And it shouldn't be 6-2 against England when 
we are obviously going defensive. If Carroll started to go so defensive, why why was it not one zero or two zero? You know, and it was possible to score. You know, the fact that Iran scored one goal and two second in penalty shows that there was a special hole that could have been used to score a goal. There was, uh, and they capitulated. Sorry, they capitulated too fast, even in the England game. It's like as if they said, we're going to lose this game, we give up. That's how I feel to me. That's how I felt the players were playing. You know, they, It felt to me like they gave up on winning. They, they did. were and... just trying. Uh, I don't know. There was a similar game. Um, which team was it that played like that? They even also played like that. And someone said they were just, what was it? which team was it? Oh, my God, I forgot. There was this team. They basically lost only 2-0. But they basically gave up on that game as well. Which was it? World Cup. Oh my God! But basically, like that, you know. They. Yeah. I, to be honest, I was a bit pessimistic about before the game. I assumed it's going to be like three zero, four zero. To be honest, but I, I, I didn't expect I, so. You bad. know. You know, I I I didn't think we were going to lose against England. I was telling everybody, I was like, Iran is going to win this game one one. No, sorry, not one one. 2-1, 1-0, Tarlany penalty. I thought we were going to hold England 0-0 until the 90th minute. And USA did a great job holding England back. And they did show a lot of attack, a lot of attacking. They had, they had a lot of opportunities. I, I don't know why Iran can't do that. Like, mm-hmm. if, if we lost 6-2 to England, why didn't we lose 6-2 to USA? You know what I mean? It, it just doesn't make sense. Because yeah. USA are a side that tied England. And I feel like we have much better... I said it's in the previous previous episode. We have much better attackers than USA does. USA just have Pulisic. True. I think that the other players, especially... Look, I'm not saying they are bad players. I think we both agree they are good players. They have potential. But they have not reached their potential yet. I think there's something really big missing. And you have to understand... I think all of the players, I could be wrong, but all of the players never played in the World Cup before. The American team. Because uh, they, they didn't qualify in the last World Cup in 2018. And they're the youngest so, team too. So it's very likely that none of them played in the World Cup before. This is the first World Cup. They were virgins in that case, similar to how the Canadians were. And you saw they were playing a little bit like the Canadians in the sense that they were not sure what to do. And sure, they did well against America, uh, England, but against Wales, that was a beatable team. I think that the Americans uh, had to have won. The, you know, if the interesting thing is, had the Americans won their game against Wales, this game would have been much more comfortable for them, you could say. Even a tie with that in circumstances make them go up, you know? So, right. so they made it themselves difficult. And I communicated with some Americans, and they have an interesting, different perspective. They were, like, really nervous. They were more optimistic. They were pessimistic about Iran scoring a goal because uh, an American friend of mine told me that uh, America is really good, but in the end of the match, they always, like, make many mistakes. And to be honest, yeah? Yeah, you're right. They did make a few mistakes in the end because we had a lot of, Attacking opportunities. I don't know if Kairos sent all the players to. Yeah, he did because he he put in many attackers during then, and America went into a five back. So yeah, they they did get a little nervous. 
Yeah, and the fact that they all went defending in the end. They were basically parking the bus in the last minutes of the game and basically trying to uh, make as many, uh, not many attacks as they used to. You see, they didn't even try to even make it a 2-0. Like, they, that's the interesting thing. Had Iran really used their opportunity, we would be talking about how America should have scored a second goal earlier on so that they would not be in such a position. Yeah. And they didn't, you know. So this is the thing. If Had, had it been a different club, uh, Iran, this is what the thing. Let's assume South Korea or Japan. Had they been in such a circumstances, Japan would have 100% scored at least one goal in the 60th minute, I would say. Correct. And I think and... that would have changed the momentum. That would have made the Americans nervous, and then they would be easier to get a second goal. Yeah, and like you said, this, this side tied Wales, this American side. Mm-hmm. And we, we beat this Wales side 2-0. And we had, we had a, many more chances than America did against Wales. And funny enough, Kairos took that, and he, he completely flipped it, making us lose. He, he took our attacking away. He took everything away, and he, he just sat everybody in the back, which, which I don't know, didn't work out. It confused me. Anyways, uh, not, uh, let's talk about other teams now that we've talked a lot yeah. about Iran. We did. We uh, did. We love Iran. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Japan, I would say, has a lot of future. I would say that um, I think that at this World Cup, the uh, scouts are looking at all these games. And I think that we could see potential of some of them moving to better clubs, I would say. Yeah, um, correct. Japan, many times, played an amazing tournament. And they, they do have a lot of good players. Uh, Doan, they have that right midfielder, Doan. He's not, he's not old. He's 24 years old. He's a good youngster. Many of their defensive line they have, uh, I'm sorry if I uh, pronounce this incorrectly, but they have Tomaisu, and he plays on Arsenal. I've been watching him quite a while. He, he has had many good games on Arsenal. He's not, he's not having a bad season himself. So Japan do have a good future, and even their striker, Maeda, who plays on Celtic, um, he, he's not scoring too many goals on Celtic right now, but he, he is showing is that he is a, a very good striker in the World Cup so far. Definitely. And I would say the players who are playing in Germany, you see, there are a lot of players playing in the German League. Yeah, and they have Endo, a lot of German players. Endo is doing really good, I would say. Uh, Yoshida, who plays for Schalke, also experienced player. He's not the youngest, but he does a really great performance. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Minamoto's stagnation that began in Liverpool was really unfortunate for the Japanese because there were many, yeah, he went to, and I think he's now playing in Monaco. Yeah, Monaco. Because had this been the Minamoto of, let's say, three years ago, he he started really well even, in my opinion, in Liverpool when he came. It's really a shame. Like, some players go to different clubs and then they just stagnate. Because he could have been like the Sun from, like, the Japanese Tony. Yeah, he kind of declined. You're right. He he didn't have... Um, he didn't have a great few seasons, past few seasons. Did you mention uh, Mitoma? Uh, Mitoma, he is also quite a remarkable player, I would say. And also Kam- Kamada. Kamada, he's doing great performances. You know, he scored a beautiful goal in the Champions League that led to them going to the round of 16. 
for Maga a plays Frankfurt. on Frankfurt, right? Exactly, Frankfurt. Yeah, he's, he's doing beautifully right now in, uh, in the Bundesliga. Exactly, and also in the Champions League, the fact that he, these players have shown. And the thing is that I always think that when, when a club buys a certain nationality, uh, if they see, okay, we bought this Japanese player, he was good, they will continue buying, you know. And I think that's what I hope also for Iran. Of course, I'm, I'm trying that's, to stop you a little bit. But what I mean is that Japan is going to get more players from Germany. Uh, Germany. That's sort of, sort of like Iran and, um, Iran and the Portuguese League right now. Yeah, exactly. We used to be a lot in the German League before, you know. But now the Portuguese League is becoming like that. And I think that for Japanese players, I would say, we're going to see much more players going to the uh, German League which would be to the benefit of both the German League because they are looking for raw talent. And one thing's for sure, one thing I should mention is that Japan has a really good youth academy. Like, I don't know if world standard, I think it's, there's no doubt about it. And they have a very competitive, good league. There's no doubt that the Japanese League is, in the Asian context, the best, maybe you could say. The fact that they do the best, they do the highest amount of wins in Champions League shows to us what a uh, difference East Asian club football is with West Asian. The only thing, the only league I would say at the moment that is maybe close to competing with the East Asian, like Japanese and South Korean, is the Saudi league. Yeah, Saudi league. They are the only ones with Al-Hilal. I'm pretty sure they're getting Ronaldo. Yeah, I heard that Al-Nasr. There's a rumor that he might go to Al-Nasr. Um, I'm surprised. I'm I was surprised many so. people. I'm, many expected him to go to Sporting, and I also that's what, that's what I assumed. I assumed he would go to Sporting. His childhood club. Because of Sporting, he would also play in the Champions League. Oh no, no, sorry, that's, they didn't go as far. No, they didn't quite. Sorry, my mistake. They didn't, that's all right, but, but they would, Sporting, Sporting, are, I think they're, they're going to make the Champions League this year because they're not yeah, they're having they would, a great season. Yeah, they would at least play the next season in the Champions League. Something which is more realistic than let's say Manchester United, you know. And even with even if they don't make Champions League, they still have Ronaldo to help them help lead them to do Champions League the next year maybe. And and in that recent interview that Ronaldo had with uh, is Morgan, I interviewed him, Pierre Morgan. His one big complaint is that how he's not playing at a top level. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but. It, in Al in Al Nasser that you just said that they don't play in the Champions League or even Europa League, so yeah, I, I think at the end of the day he's just going for money. I think he just they're paying him a lot of money, so that's why he, he might want to go. Yeah, I think maybe he just he he wants to get the best result possible in this World Cup, and then hope for a potential make one or two years where he makes a lot of money. And then maybe retire. And then we don't know what his hope is. Maybe he'll go to managing, football management. Yeah, I can imagine. To be honest, he was kind of like the um, manager of the team in the Euros. I think it was 2016, where they became where they won. I don't know if you remember. He was injured, and he was basically delegating. So he has some experience in that. I think he could he become a good coach. So, what do you think of South Korea? Do you think that? <laughs> Because Son, Son himself, he isn't he isn't too old. He's only thirty. So, do you think once Son leaves in maybe uh, say four to five years, 
if he, when he decides to retire? Because I think next World Cup is his last World Cup. Do you think that um, South Korea are going to do good without Sun? Do you think they, they rely on Sun? Do you think like Sun is that one star player that always is involved in all the goals for South Korea? I think that they will do good with without him. Uh, of course, they will not be as good with him uh, before. Uh, but I see them uh, eventually. They will find a new player to replace him. I think that as as with the Japanese, the Koreans have a very good youth system, and since Son has been such an effective player, a lot of Premier League clubs I think are going to be watching the South Korean youth system to look Correct. for the potential new Son. So it might be that a young potential good player will come sooner like, to the Premier League. Even that one, again, yeah. Even that one striker, Cho. He, he's he's number nine on South Korea. He's he's doing phenomenal. He, he had those Definitely. two two headers that really helped. Um, uh, that helped South Korea. I mean, they didn't they didn't really help South Korea out because. Ghana did win, but it's just giving them goals and, and hope. He's a, he's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal. For sure. And one thing I just wanted to mention about Song, which is interesting, is the fact that he also came from Germany. Because Germany also, he was in Leverkusen. Germany knows how to find good, talented young players. And then, so what I'm thinking is going to happen is that maybe, also this can be applied for Japan, is that these Premier League clubs, let's say like Leeds, let's say like Nottingham Forest, you know, or Newcastle, teams that want to buy players, but they don't want to spend too much money, they go to the youth players of South Korea. And again, I think this is why South Korea is not going to go down. I think they will be, again, football, I think, is based entirely now on youth system. Uh, if you have a good youth system, you have a good team. If you don't have a good youth system, hope your players are immigrating to player teams that have good youth system. So, like Morocco, you know. So, in our case, we are lucky we can have, I don't know if I would say the Iranian youth system is that great, but we have produced some good players. I would we say. have. We have for a lot of yeah. great players. <clears throat> but I hope is that if we were to get more diaspora, we can combine that. But for Japan and South Korea, they don't have that privilege. Not a lot. I mean, there are some, there's a large um, Japanese population living in Peru, but from what I understand, they're not really that into football, so that's not going to help them, and also South Korea. Uh, there are also South, America, South Koreans in America, but I don't see them coming to join <laughs> the South Korean team in the future. But generally speaking, I think, as with the case with Japan, there is a lot of optimism in their case. I think that even without song, they will find new songs to replace them, I would say. Correct. And even with, even let's say, even with Matthew Tardemy, Sadler, I was going to, all of them possibly leaving in the upcoming years, we, like you just said, whole city, the English side that are in the playing championship, they, they found a, a great Iranian soccer player. He goes by the name Al-Lahiar. He is my, he's my favorite player right now. And yeah, Said Manish, uh, I saw him per, uh, before that. He played for uh, Zoria Luhansk. Yeah, with where he was a, with Zahedi. And he was a favorite. He was doing really great football. <laughs> I'm Phenomenal. really surprised. I'm surprised why Fenerbahce did not 
decide to actually keep him? That always confused me. Yeah, why they loan him so much? Always loan him out. Yeah, I really don't know what. But hey, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that Lever oh not Leverkusen, uh, Fenerbahce um gave him the whole city because I I think he's gonna play much better. Whole city is more competition, championship. Yeah, it's time to show he can show many Premier League clubs that he's meant and. The level in England is much higher than any um, sort of other any other country. England is a great, great um, league to play in. All their leagues, so championship, primarily actually, yeah, primarily Premier League and Championship. Don't you agree? Don't you think England is the best league in the world? They're the best leagues. I would say yes, uh, and also even the Championship is a very strong and competitive league, and if you can play even in the Championship. I, I would say that you can be able to do really well internationally that's, football. That's why uh, I'm very optimistic with Ella here because John Bash, he, I, he did go to the Premier League, but he came from a, a not so strong, I, I, I don't know, a not so strong Dutch team. And that he didn't, he didn't have gained a lot of experience in the, in the uh, Netherlands League. And also, the competition in the Premier League is really difficult. Not many players were able to make it. Like, we've had previous players, Iranian players, who tried to go to the Premier League and not succeed. And one of the players I know really well was um, uh, Taymourian. He didn't do really well in Fulham. I would say, um, what's his name? Dejore did not bad, to be honest, to the extent that he was there. But... Even he couldn't stay so long there in Fulham. But that that's why so, I feel like um Alakir will produce the best best results as as a as an Iranian player that plays in England. He has that experience what about, now. What about Gotus? I'm surprised why they don't let him so much play. Especially what, since Ericsson left. Gotus, he's I'm not sure. They always play him in in games that don't involve the Prem, the Premier League, and he always plays phenomenal. He always provides an assist, does phenomenal passes, gets past all his defenders amazingly. I always confuse me. I feel like Rodus is, is much better than many of the defenders that play um not defenders is much better than many of the midfielders that play on Brentford. And the coach just stopped giving him chances. I guess Rodus couldn't prove his how good he was against against many of the Premier League teams, but I think he's he's very strong, and I feel like the coach should give him more chances. Or even if Rodus should leave, maybe to the championship, because he played phenomenal mm-hmm. in the championship. He he started almost every game, and out of nowhere, the coach coaches brings him to the to the reserves or the bench. I'm curious if uh, I don't know if they would work out. He could go to the Portuguese league as well. I don't know if that would be something that he would be interested in, because maybe in Porto with Parimi together, that would be an interesting concept. I, but, I I don't know if they would accept Rodus because because yeah. they they have a lot of um young midfielders like Otavio yeah. um they they just have Vitinha just went to uh, PSG so they're producing they have that one one Canadian player the midfielder he's very he's very good uh, Estacio you know him yeah yeah he yeah. he's so quite a good player. So I think they're going to Portos is going to stick with their young talent as of right now, because they're, they're 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 giving good results. So since we talked about Japan and Korea as well as Iran a lot, you know, 
let's yeah. talk about um, in regards to Saudi Arabia. It's like a black hole for me personally because I don't really know much about their team How's because that they don't play a lot in Europe. But generally speaking, as far as I can tell, I think that this was maybe after '94 maybe best performance after '94. Uh, considering the fact that they always get humiliated in the World Cup, but I think that it's a bit of a it's like in our like in our case we're really we did win one game against Wales, but we are still regretting the fact that we couldn't win against the US, which we talked a lot in this show. Yeah, I think if we were Saudi, I think we would probably feel the same, especially since the Saudis should have at least done good against the Polish team, which I think Poland was for me personally not really that impressive. And also Mexico. These are, let me give you an example. When we played against Mexico in 2006, that Mexican team was significantly much superior to this Mexican team that they played against. You know, that team, that when we, yes, we were sad about the fact that we lost 3-1, but well, we're talking about players who played in Barcelona. What's his name? Oh, my God, I forgot from 2006. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think 2006, he played Mexico player. Good thing Google. Doesn't ring a bell. Marquez, Marquez, Marquez. I don't know if you remember him. He was really good. And he was one of the best players of Barcelona back then, defender. So from that point of view, they should have won those games. Or at least tied one game at least, you know. So I think from the Saudi point of view, they have a good coach, as you mentioned correctly, Henry Kavad, uh, which I envy that we don't have him as coach. I think he would fit perfectly in the Iranian system. <clears throat> but some said that the Saudis had one advantage in the World Cup was the fact that all the players play in the same country. So the players yeah, have, more have, more, they have more chemistry. But then again, Qatar, the same case, but didn't help them either. Yeah, <laughs> So. Uh- that might not play that big of a role, I feel like, because pre- uh, I don't know. That doesn't really show with other teams, too, because it, it shows for England, actually. And funny enough, Gareth Southgate only brought in Premier League players. Isn't that, isn't that kind of weird? He didn't bring Tomori. Tomori's an outsta- phenomenal, phenomenal defender. That surprised me. I mean, the fact that at least he was not gracious enough to bring Bellingham, at least that's a good thing. You know, he plays in Dortmund. Yeah, that, and, was, that was the only <clears throat> only player and, that came from outside and, England. And Sancho, the interesting thing is that before this World Cup, it was the Euros 2020. Uh, Sancho didn't even, he didn't use him at all in many games, which I think was really disappointing. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he's not using Sancho because he plays in Dortmund, which back then he played for. And Back then, Sancho was a much better player, in my opinion, when he was playing for Dortmund. Yeah. And, and it seems to me that Southgate has a bias, but at least I'm glad the fact that his bias was not so much that at least he did not snub Bellingham. And Bellingham is showing a lot of potential. I think that he, he will over, uh, uh, go higher than uh, Sancho, in my opinion. Oh, of course. If, if Bellingham gets a move to... Any side, let's say Liverpool, he would do outstanding. He would have an amazing. So now that we reviewed many of the teams in Asia, um, here's what I think. Let's say future, future time. I think Iran 
we'll do we'll be we'll still rank number one and we'll remain to be phenomenal if they get a good coach. We need a good coach. That's that's my big problem. If we don't, then it, it's time to rebuild, um, get some more players in. And the one thing why I don't think Iran will do so hot because Karosh decided this World Cup that he only wants to use his older players that are more experienced. If I was Karosh, I would call up more younger players. You know what I mean? And that's something he didn't really do. He, we didn't have a, that young of a squad. We had one of the older squads. Although we did have Jalali and a, a few other young ones. Don't, don't you think that we should have called more younger players to give them a little more experience? I think so. I think that, look, these young players are hungry. And the FIFA World Cup is their opportunity to shine. You see, if they play against, if they play a friendly against Uruguay, that doesn't mean so much. But if they play in the FIFA World Cup and they show phenomenal job, not necessarily they have to play all in the beginning, but maybe in the 60th or 70th minute where your team is crucial in the need for scoring a goal, they have this incentive and the energy and the hunger to do something. They, they, yeah, they want. So it. They can they influence. Want. So they can influence the game, which is important. But it's also their opportunity to shine and maybe get some scouts to listen to them and look at them. And this has been something that many clubs have been doing uh, to take young talent, give them an opportunity. And even if they don't even play, hypothetically speaking, they don't play, at least the atmosphere and the training and the training camp, that's an experience sufficient for them to be able to grow so that in the next World Cup, where they will become the leaders, they will be able to shine there. You understand? Correct. So, because seen in this World Cup, players who have not played as young players in a FIFA World Cup have had difficulties to adjust. And Canada, in my opinion, is a perfect example of that. To a certain extent, the Americans as well. Players who've never played in a FIFA World Cup before have certain difficulties. And that's despite the fact that a player like Alfonso Davis has won the Champions League, but still, the World Cup is a different system. It's a different tournament. Champions League, you play one game and then next month you might play the next game. You know, it's a different system. But in this, it's all very pressed up. Very, you play today and then next week, round of 16, immediately begin. There's no one week, one month, two months pause for that. You immediately put into action. And that is why I think that bringing young players would have helped significantly. It really would have. I think that Kerosh... Was it also to to be in his defense a little bit? He it was in a very he came very late. Yeah, he came Another, very late. Very true. He came without really any preparation. So before the World Cup began, Iran uh, didn't do a real good preparation as well. And I'm not talking about the political aspect. I'm just talking about the sports aspect. To my I, taste, there were not enough friendlies done for the national team. We, we only had. We had three. And yeah. who knows what even happened in the Tunisia match because we, we didn't we didn't really get the full details. So I, I would say we really had two. We had two true friendlies. And that, that's, I think that's against Nicaragua was a domestic uh, performance. Yeah, that was, that was, that's just, that's just uh, our players that were domestic. And a lot of those players weren't called up. Only, only a like, few of them were. So to wrap this, to wrap this episode up, my man... We'll both give our rankings for the future teams. I'll let you go first. 
So you mean the teams that would be in Asia? You mean the best? Or yeah. If I understand. Okay. The best teams so, in Asia. <clears throat> I am inclined to say Japan is going to be the first. Uh, second, Iran. Uh, so Japan, Iran is going to go slightly down, but it still be very close. Then I would say South Korea. Australia, I think Saudi Arabia, Australia. Yeah, I would say inclined to Saudi uh, Australia, because I maybe this could be this World Cup could inspire more young players to join them eventually. So mm -hmm. they're not going to become the best Asian team, but at least they would be better than the Saudis. I would. All right, all right. So I'll also give my top. I'll, I'll go to top five. First, it's hurtful because I I, I want to be the best. You know, I, I like being number one team. It, it's fun. First, future, um, oof. Wow. Because we didn't have a great tournament, and we didn't call up any of the youngsters. And Japan had quite a young, yeah. I would go Japan. I would go Japan, Iran. Japan, Iran. South Korea. I would put. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Oman. Oman over Australia. Mm, interesting. Oman, Australia, and then Saudi Arabia, and then I know that was that was six, but those are my top. And yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that's it. I think I'm also was not so. Uh, like the South after South Korea, it's difficult to judge. I would say. And it, it, I think it, it the Saudis did, the Saudis did relatively well in their qualifiers. I have to say they even and were they, able to do well against Japan, by the way. So even like yeah. yes, we are praising Japan a lot, but in the AFC qualifiers, uh, Saudi Arabia didn't do so bad against them. Let me see if I remember, um, just to be hundred percent confident. Yeah, Japan was actually second in that group in the Saudi Arabia group. Wow. Yeah, but they, yeah. It, it sucks. Saudi Arabia won against them. Yeah, it sucks having like putting Iran second, but we 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 have to be a little realistic. You know what I mean? And it, it sucks that it has to be that way, and it's truly like sad. But if if we're not gonna call like we said for quite a while now, if we're not gonna call up youngsters, then who's gonna have experience? You know what I mean? And Japan have many of Japan have quite a young team. I'm not gonna lie. So that's something to keep in mind for now. Definitely, and I think in the end, I think we we can be definitely a lot wrong on this case, because I think that uh, I was a bit very pessimistic about Iran in the 2010s, but I think that Kairos did a really good job after when he came, and he built a really strong team afterwards, <clears throat> and I think that um, the fact that since 2018, so from 2018 to 22, a lot of our players have gone to important clubs. And I was hope I was a bit more optimistic about Asmo, but he's still at an age in which he can shine. I think that I've I just read recently I think it was on Golbezan's Twitter that they want to now put uh, both Asmo uh, and Chic as strikers. So he will not be play as, playing as central attacking midfield, but more as a striker. Uh, that could change his performance, and yeah. he could maybe start scoring more goals. And it could also help his club. 
and we could see a potential different new Osman. I would. That would be amazing because then we have, we we would have, we would be one of the top contenders. Actually, we already are, but we'd be right next. We'd be like right next to Japan for Asian Cup. Like we'd have an amazing. That would be an amazing final, Japan Iran, because they did Definitely. beat us in the semifinal. So that'll be that'll be amazing. And it's a beatable team. It's again, it if is. Iran plays a good performance, tactically speaking. Iran can easily win, and Iran has shown to have done good performances against Chip at the right moment. So, and I don't know when it's going to happen because this news about the Asian Cup changes so much. According to Wikipedia, it's supposed to be next year. Some people say it's 2024. So, we'll see. We have to wait, and we have to wait and see what's happening. Waiting game. Yeah, but all right, we're gonna be watching the World Cup anyways without Asian teams. Unfortunately, and we will see yeah. what happens. And well, yeah, we'll see what how it pans out for the rest. And yeah, well, Muhammad, thank you so much for being on this podcast, and to all the viewers and listeners, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys got a lot out of this. And any feedback that you have, please let us know. Leave it in the comments down.